This is To Dare is Human with your host, Adam Connor. Hey there, everybody. Back at it again. Welcome back to another episode of To Dare is Human, a podcast documenting leaps of faith and jumps into passions. I'm your host, Adam Connor. And if you're new to the show today, if this is the first one that you're listening to, I encourage you to go back after this and listen to the last episode with NASCAR driver Landon Castle. That's episode number 44. We're 44 deep now in the second installment of our season two. If you've only got time for one show, then here's the concept. In this podcast, I dissect what I call the dare, the conscious choice to jump into what you love in the face of a more secure bet. Could be a job, could be another geography, etc. Today, I have a story of a woman whose journey towards her dare is half similar to mine. Before becoming a business coach, author, podcaster, speaker, and CEO of Kelly Roach International, Kelly Roach had a sales job like me. Well, not quite like me. She broke all the sales records at her Fortune 500 employer and rose from entry level to senior vice president in just seven years, so maybe me down the road. But I did say half similar, and that's because prior to that meteoric rise, Kelly was a cheerleader in the NFL. I cannot say that I have held that title. Today, as I mentioned, Kelly runs her own business, and as she mentions on her website, whether it's starting and rapidly scaling your first business, learning how to properly manage your time to exponentially explode profits while working less, growing your existing business, or even just mastering the mental game, she's developed proven systems for both the corporate and entrepreneurial world that deliver real results fast. I was so glad to hear her offer to come onto the show. Actually, it it was. It came from her to me. Oftentimes, in fact, every single other time, it's been the other way around. So this was a cool first. She came to me uh, to talk about exactly how she does what she does today and her journey overall, tackling all these different walks of life as well as balancing life today. So it was great to be able to share that story and to have you hear it now. So without further ado, here's CEO of Kelly Roach International, Kelly Roach. In my real life, and I'm talking the real life outside of the podcast that I do here, it's not the only thing I do, although I would like it to be the thing I do someday, is I work in sales. I do software sales specifically here in the Washington DC area. It's not my first choice of a passion, presentation, of course, and being artistic however I can is that, and that's why I'm doing this show, but sales is second. Today I am, uh, I have the pleasure of interviewing somebody who has mastered both, who started off as an NFL cheerleader in the early 2000s, who then went to break every single sales record at her organization, who has now moved on to becoming a coach to help people elevate their life, elevate sales perhaps, but regardless, elevate their journey towards success. Uh, I'm very pleased to be hosting Kelly Roach today, uh, host, uh, CEO of Kelly Roach, coaching Kelly Roach International, and also has her own podcast as well, which I'll have her talk about a little bit. Uh, First things first, Kelly, thanks very much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have some fun today. I think so. Uh, And I am particularly interested in your story, specifically for the reason I just outlined in the header there. Um, You started out as an NFL cheerleader, so obviously uh, you are no stranger to presenting and uh, putting your best foot or best face forward. And I'm curious, after uh, how did that as a foundation, that's the first thing that anybody would see really when they come onto your website, when they hear your story, how do you think that has set the foundation for everything that you have done since in terms of the lessons that you bring to people's lives to elevate them? 
Yeah. Well, you know what? I think life is about living. And I think that my first segue um, into taking a big risk and daring to dream big was being, uh, you know, a, a newly turned uh, 21, you know, 18 year old in college and saying, you know what? They don't have a division one cheerleading team here. They don't have a division one dance team. I'm going pro. I'm going to audition for the NFL. And that was really my first big risk that I took in my life to say, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there in the biggest way possible and I'm just gonna go big or go home you know and it was a grueling process the uh, tryouts are crazy if anybody's watched the Dallas cheerleaders TV show you get a little bit of an inkling of what that process looks like but it's incredibly intense and I was a freshman in college when I started that so I was pretty much a kid um, I was the youngest girl on the team a lot of the other girls that were on the team um, you know were older they were working full-time they were already in their full-time career so I was kind of like the little sister of the group but for me it was the first segue into a really high level of responsibility at a young age um, you know we had 14 hour game days there were a lot of Saturday nights that I was in bed when I heard everybody screaming and hollering on their way to the bars right so um, you know it taught me how to be poised how to be professional how to be on camera um, how to interact with CEOs because what people don't know about NFL cheerleaders is you know not only are you dancing and cheering and performing on game days you're doing all sorts of of charity appearances, media appearances, interviews. You're going out and doing meet and greets with everybody from the average Joe to CEOs. And so that was my boot camp that got me ready for springboarding into my career in sales for a Fortune 500 which is really where I learned um, how to do business growth strategy and how to lead and teach and coach people and where I developed the skill set and the background and, and really the depth and breadth of the skills that I use in my coaching company today. You touch on a number of important points. I think that first of all, it's it's a common thing that that I hear, but I think not a lot of people hear that uh, you know. In order to to truly make the, the jump, the dare, as you say, thank you for plugging, uh, that you, you you sort of have to be in bed on those Saturday nights when other people are out. You, you have to make those sacrifices because in order to be responsible, not only for a team, not only for a group, but for yourself and your life, I agree that you have to have that. Uh, and, and this boot camp that you talk about that that gave you this sort of intensity and ability. And also, I think it's, it's nice to peel the onion and, and think about like what an NFL cheerleader does beyond, I think, probably what a lot of people stereotype it as. It, it, it is an incredible uh, thing that you're talking about and also I'm sure set you up very well for anything and, and where you have to um, maybe sell yourself whether or not you're selling something else. Now, I'm curious because to me, I know that uh, sales is a hard job. We, we, we all know that it is depending on what you're selling, especially at a Fortune 500, especially if it's something that is maybe particularly high ticket. But you point out specifically in your bio that you were able to break every single record. I mean, everything. And that is, I would say, even with any boot camp experience or, or, or charity work, or working with CEOs, that is difficult. And I'm sure that there are a number of things that pushed you to it. But how did you break into this Fortune 500 to go? Basically, I know you, you, it looks, I was looking at your LinkedIn as well. It looks like you sort of climbed your way all the way up and broke all these records. I mean, could you explain your experience there? I mean, how did you, how did you come to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it was just pure motivation, discipline, drive. Um, 
you know, I came from a big family and we always struggled financially. So I had been working, you know, since whatever age you're able to work. I don't know if I was 10 or 11, I started doing like mother's helpering, right? Like even before I could officially babysit. So, you know, when I started with this company, I started in the most entry level position right out of college. I had no experience. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I wanted financial freedom. I knew that I didn't want to ever struggle again financially. And I knew this was like my chance. This was my opportunity. And, you know, the thing about entrepreneurship and also about sales is that you have unlimited earning potential, right? It's like literally you, you eat what you hunt kind of thing. And for me, that was perfect because I was like, Hmm, I'm like, okay. So if I come in a little bit early, if I stay a little bit late, if I work a little bit harder, you know, the, the opportunity is mine. And that's what I did. You know, I, I put in the work, I was promoted seven times in eight years. I became the youngest senior vice president in the company. I was managing a team of 117 locations. And all of that, like I said, is what helped me to develop the skill set and the experience and the wisdom and knowledge to be able to go out and coach entrepreneurs today on how to increase sales. Because what's the number one problem that entrepreneurs face? Getting clients, making sales, right? They got to make money and everybody starts their business because there's something that they're passionate about, but they don't necessarily like, enjoy, or know how to do the getting client part, which is the only way you stay in business. So it just so happened that that was my whole career. And, you know, I got to the, to the point where I was like, okay, I'm making all this money, millions of dollars for this other company. Why would I not go out and do this for myself? Why would I not go out and teach other people how to do this so that my work is impacting people's families and allowing people to build a business that otherwise may not have been successful versus just funneling that back into one big corporation. Right. Totally understand. I mean, when when you have the ridiculously impressive track record that you have there, I, I think that only makes sense to one, not, not want to go out there and see what you can do for yourself, for, first of all, but like also be able to teach and, and figure out how to get people on close to the same trajectory that you or perhaps better. I mean, I, I happen to advise somebody directly at my job and I get more value, I think, out of seeing them succeed than seeing myself succeed. And, you know, there's balance and that goes back and forth from day to day. But um, I, I talk a lot about um, on this show and also the whole sort of two dares human mentality is threefold. One is the passion, which obviously you have. Two is the plan, which I think you are helping folks to do to actually set themselves up. And the third, I'm guessing, is a mixture of both. And that is the first sort of quality that I want to talk about that I've heard recently on your show and listeners, if you go and listen to Kelly's podcast, again, we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, or the Facebook Live uh, streams that she does, you will see a number of these themes. And the first one I want to talk about is persistence. That's the third piece uh, of the formula that I that I am following today and something obviously that you have used over the years. And if you could share a little bit of experience of what you have seen out there in the market from your uh, life, what persistence has meant, like how has that made the difference? And maybe talk about one or two times when you really, you you didn't feel like you could go on, you really wanted to quit or you wanted to take a break and you just, like maybe some of those formative moments, like what was one or two of those that you think really, I mean, gave you that sort of 10X mentality and, and, and made your life better? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, let, let's first talk about the word persistence, right? Like 
to me, persistence and discipline are like the heartbeat of success in anything. And I think that our school system does a huge disservice to people because we're brought up in this pass or fail. Um, if you do this wrong, if you answer this incorrectly, you, you know, you failed and you that's wrong and that's bad. And you're now not a good student. Um, you know, and and that's very detrimental to people's mindset, especially becoming a salesperson or an entrepreneur because it makes people have this fear of failure. You know, failing is bad, right? Failing is destructive. Failing means you, you know, are not going to succeed at this or anything else, right? Like that is what we're brought up to think. And what I've seen as it relates to persistence is the willingness and the degree to which you're willing to fail is only going to determine what your degree to which you can succeed is. So the people that protect themselves and keep themselves in a box that are not willing to fail and fail repetitively and fail big are the ones that really struggle to succeed. Because the only way you can succeed as an entrepreneur or even as an executive you know, business person at the level that I was at was trying and failing and trying again and trying again and learning and innovating and trying different things and testing, test and test and test until you nail it and you figure out what it is. Sometimes you might have to try something a hundred different ways, a hundred different times before you finally getting it, get it working the right way. So the first thing is when it comes to persistence, I don't think it's that people don't want to persist. I think that we have a very negative connotation with failure and people don't realize how important it is to allow yourself to fail in order to learn. And that's the, that's the only way that you can learn. You know, I go through this with my clients all the time. You know, they'll say, it's not working. Why is it not working? And I just did a podcast on this last week. And I said, it's not working because you only tried it once. No one can figure out how they're going to have this massive success in anything, whether it's business or life, because they tried something once or twice or five times. You look at the people that are world class at anything that they do. They're practicing 10, 15 hours a day, becoming a master of their craft. And then we have entrepreneurs that try something once or twice and they're like, Woo! You know, I put in my best effort. I don't know what else I can do. What else can I try? And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. You're not even in the game yet. Um, so I, I think when it comes to persistence, that mindset shift is really, really important. And to what extent did that idea of trying and, and failing, hopefully failing fast in order to get better and improve, uh, to what extent did that impact your journey in moving out of the corporate world and into building your own personal and professional brand? A hundred percent. I mean, there's a hundred percent correlation. When I look at 2012, launching my business by myself, 2013, me and, you know, a VA for like an hour a week. And now I have a team of eight people that that happened only by failing and learning and failing and learning and failing and learning. And understanding it takes 10,000 hours to master something. And so you have to measure yourself against, have you really put yourself in the game? Have you really given it your all? Have you really done enough to even be able to measure your effectiveness with what you're doing? And instead of getting emotional about failure and taking it personally and believing that it has some type of reflection on you as a human and your success ability, really recognizing like, okay, this just pointed me a little bit to the left. Okay, this just pointed me a little bit to the right. I need to go down this path over here. I need to come back over here. And, and just looking at it as a navigation through a journey and a learning process instead of a pass or fail, like emotional event every time you try something new, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And it's it's a 
it's a great mentality to have. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about this fear of failure because it's something that um, I think everybody experiences. I certainly have experienced. I've spoken about it many times, uh, you know, publicly and privately. But um, I have also heard a lot of advice and look up to a lot of folks. Sheryl Sandberg is a great example of this. I just went to a, a chat of hers earlier this year when she's been promoting her new book. And it actually dovetails directly into the conversation that we're having because the fear of failure and the willingness to do that, the willingness to improve and the willingness to try something and say, you know, well, at the 10,000 hours, I spent two hours on something that just plain didn't work. And now I know not to do that anymore. Um, really builds, I think, resilience. And just as much as persistence and discipline, I think resilience goes right along with that because not only is persistence and discipline going to allow you to break through the ceiling, resilience is what gets you out of the depths. So I guess in terms of your journey, could you talk about a, a maybe a situation or two in which resilience proved to be the only way up and out? Oh, absolutely. I would say with everything, <laughs> like everything that I've done in my business has failed before it succeeded. So like, I'll give a great example, webinars. Um, I failed at so many webinars before I started succeeding with webinars. Now webinars are one of my main revenue generators in my business, right? So like I did them and I failed and I got no sales. I've had webinars where no one showed up. I've had webinars where, you know, I gave a pitch and no one responded to it. Literally, I failed and I failed and I failed, but I was like, Webinars are one of the best ways in the online world today to make money. So it's not that webinars don't work. It's not that I'm not capable. It's that I need to keep work at perfecting what I'm doing with webinars until I make it work for me. So that's a perfect example there. Uh, same thing with live streaming. When I first started off live streaming, you know, it took me about 90 days of doing it over and over and over again to get to the point where people were actually reaching out and saying, I'm interested in your program. Can you send me the payment link? Or um, I'm interested in a conversation. I want to do private coaching with you. So again, had to do it over and over and over again before I started getting a result. I have people that'll do live streaming for like a few weeks and I'll be like, how many fans do you have on your Facebook page? And they'll be like, um, like 200. And I'm like, who saw your live stream? No one saw your live stream. How can you measure whether or not the live stream worked? I'm like, get a like ad running on your page so that you have people liking your page each day so that when you do a live stream, you have someone that you're doing a live stream to. Then come back and talk to me about whether your live stream worked or not. Um, so that failed before it succeeded. Um, you know, launching. Oh my gosh. I mean, my first launch was a complete disaster. Um, I've had launches where I, I literally sold one thing. I've had a launch where I sold like one course before. Um, and now launches obviously are, that's where we get our huge growth in the business from every year. So I could go through every single revenue generating source that we have um, in the business and every single one I failed at. And I failed at repetitively before I succeeded. So hopefully that gives everyone some hope that's listening in today. Yeah, I mean, heck, you know, if nobody else, you give me hope. And I know that because when I had the idea for this show last uh, November, and I didn't release it until January, and I had a little bit of hype behind it. I did like an Instagram post or two. And I, you know, I'm a complete amateur at this, or I was it, at least. But I released the first episode and I got like six listens. And I got like six listens in like a week. And I was like, man, I really thought that like, I, I thought I was coherent enough to like, I thought people were going to listen. Thought was gonna, anyway, and and like it's slowly built since there, but I can totally relate because at first I was like, you know, this is just, uh, this must not be a medium for me, you know? And I saw, it's funny, I, um, have you ever listened to Kathy, uh, Kathy Heller, don't, don't Keep Your Day Job? Okay, wonderful podcast. You should definitely listen in. Uh, viewers, I encourage you to listen to it. I'd love to have Kathy on the show, actually. We've we DM back and forth, but she's got a great, and so she's all about, she, uh, she's a songwriter in Hollywood or in Los Angeles. 
And uh, she talks about a lot of this similar stuff and she she gets a lot of people on her show who are going into the creative world and dropping out of so sort of maybe it's a nine to five professional life. And, and she talks about this this same sort of thing where, you know, it's um, it's something that you just have to have to dive in and just you have to do. And, and if I, I, basically we started at a similar time, I remember she had just started up and I was thought I was doing something similar. And then I watched her show and obviously it's a, it's a great, great, great show and uh, just exploded in popularity. And I'm looking at mine, I'm being like, gosh, what the heck am I doing? But it's that, I guess that maybe pushes me further. And also something that, that allows me to keep trying and keeps me resilient because like not everybody's going to be an overnight success. Right. And maybe that's a good question for you. Like how many folks, to what extent to, to, to the audience uh, that, that, that you tend to, as well as the clients that you hold, come in with the assumption that if they really have a successful idea, it's going to explode overnight? And how do you explode that idea out of their heads? Yeah, you know, I, I try to explain this over and over again. And I do a lot of live streams on this. I do a lot of podcasts on this. I talk to my, my coaching uh, groups and my courses and my programs about this all the time. And it tends to be something that people don't understand until they've experienced it. Um, you know, and, and the way that I explain it is you can't put the cart before the horse. So everyone focuses on creating things to sell and creating things to promote and creating things to push out um, without focusing on the audience building. And the audience building, the community building, the the raving fans, the subscribers, the people who actually care to know that you're in existence, like that's everything. Because if you have a group of those people, whatever you create, people are going to buy it because you know who they are, you know what they want, you know why they're there, and they're bought into you, they're bought into your community, all of that. So it's no one wants to do that because that's very, very difficult, obviously. Um, that's that's the heavy lifting, right? It's a lot more fun to sit behind your computer and daydream about the course that you're creating and the website that you're building and, you know, all these things that you're going to do. So, you know, I just try over and over again to explain to people, you know, focus on building your audience, focus on adding value, focus on putting great content out there, focus on engaging with people and being forward facing to your audience and then sell the product, then create the program then create all those other assets because otherwise you're delaying by a year, two years, three years building that audience. Now you have all these things built up that you want to sell and there's no one to sell them to. And that's what I see over and over again. Well, it's, uh, and I think that once you, once you get beyond the mentality of, you know, uh, well, anything that's meant to be successful is going to be so overnight and, and having to explode that pretty much everybody said that you, you, you know, are talking to and with the audience that you're building through all these different mediums. Um, something else that I want to go over, it's sort of the, the third of the three um, pieces of your mentality that I've noticed recently. And I want to go from the last Facebook live stream that you did. And you talked a lot about thankfulness, being able to look back on the things that you maybe tried and failed to do and also look at the successes and you talk about this list specifically in the stream that I listened to where you have a list of you said it was well over a hundred things that you go through on a routine basis and say I, I am thankful for this you know this is positive in my life and you use that as fuel to keep going because you have so much you know at, at least at least you have you know all of you you said you started with all of your physical senses and then you're, you're you know you have food on the table you have a loving family so uh, can you explain the extent to which you know keeping perspective and being thankful has continued you to, uh, has been able to allow you to continue basically with, with growing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that perspective is power. And I think your power to keep moving, to stay positive, to stay optimistic, to persevere through anything, to keep persisting even when it's not working in the beginning comes back to personal power. And that power comes from perspective. When you have perspective and you can say, well, wait a minute, I just got upset because, you know, I only got XYZ open rate on my email or, you know, I launched this course and it didn't sell. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, like first world problems, you know, and, and to me, like, that's what it's all about. And that's why, you know, I started this year doing a lot more work with like charity water and getting involved in other organizations, helping, you know, people that can't help themselves, because I think that perspective is so much power when you can be aware and cognizant of all that you have and all that is good and all that is right in your life and in your world, you can rise above and you can stay positive and you can stay empowered and you can keep moving forward. And it just gives you distance and depth from getting emotionally in that cycle, that downward cycle that people spin into so easily when things go wrong. And the truth of the matter is, as a business owner, things are going to go wrong every single day. So if you let your whole day get thrown off every time something goes wrong, you're never going to have a productive day for the rest of your life. Right. And so that's why I always try to teach people to make gratitude the centerpiece of the beginning and the end of their day every single day, because it is power. It is what's going to make you feel happy and fulfilled and positive because it really gives you that perspective to realize just how good things really are. Yep, I totally get you there. And uh, I think that it's really important that you say that. I think that's another thing. And the resilience is one thing and the success overnight not being real is another thing. But I think finally, you know, folks are all too willing to focus and let something negative derail them. And you have to make sure that you you, you stay thankful for the, any anything that is going positive because someone out there, you, whatever the opposite of the grass is greener line, like that applies, right, for, for, for other folks. Um, Let's turn the narrative around real quick. I have three more uh, big questions I want to tackle here. But the first talks about uh, folks who are your sort of favorite people in life and maybe mentors that you look up to or looked up to when you began this business and maybe continue to. Your favorite people out there in that sphere, what, what is similar about them? What is similar about them? Yeah. They're much, much older than me and much more wise than I am. Um, okay. They've been doing what they're doing for decades longer than I've been on the planet. Um, so I, I would say that. Um, I would say being spiritually grounded, you know, is really important. So, you know, I, I look for people that believe in something bigger than themselves, that believe that we're here with a purpose, that believe each human being, um, that there's a plan for them, because that's what I believe. And so, I, you know, I look for people that also have kind of that menta mentality mindset, um, you know, people that have overcome, you know, tragedy and crisis and turmoil and, and problems, you know, in their life. I mean, th these are the types of things that this is part of the human experience. No one escapes alive, right? Like we're all, you know, we're all going to go through these things. And I think a lot of people, when they're going through that, it feels like it's the end. And, you know, I personally believe that all of those things that come into our life are meant to teach us and to grow us and to groom us into the people that we have to become in order to fulfill our journey that we were meant to lead. So, you know, I, I just I look up to people that have that philosophy, have that wisdom, um, you know, that that teach in alignment with with those kind of belief systems that I try to live by. Well, it's. I tell you what, not not so. I haven't heard so many responses like that, but I think that's it's particularly important because I think a lot of people focus on 
the items in the resume, I think, and, and but you have to get in some in some cases, and I think in a lot of cases, maybe in all cases, you have to get beyond that to the actual mentality of things. And with that, I think that segues pretty well into the second of these three questions I want to tackle because mentality is what takes a person from good to great, from zero to one, from you know not breaking any sales records to breaking all of them. Let's say, and this is one of the first two questions that I ask everybody on this show. Let's say that um, somebody's out there, maybe they're not a, a, a client of yours, okay? And they are, they have all of these big dreams and visions in their head, you know, and um, they are willing to jump into something new or, or they dream about it or they, they wish for it, but they either don't have the plan or they haven't been persistent to date or they're wishy-washy or they're risk-averse and they just don't want to make the jump. As we will call it on this show, make the dare. You have all of this experience and you have sort of become a, you were a star when you did cheerleading. You were a star at your Fortune 500. You're now a star in the, in the, in the coaching world and the podcast world and all of this. What would you say from your experience to that person to push them over the edge into doing it as, as safely as possible? Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, the, the beautiful thing about where we are in business and in life today is that there is someone out there who has done exactly what you want to do, has, who has now dedicated their life to teaching other people to do it. So anytime that we're starting something new in my business, I figure out who on my team is going to do this. And then I go find the coach, the course, the person that has built their whole business on that thing. And I sign my team member up for coaching with that person or to buy their course or to get involved in their community. So it's not, it's not a jungle without a flashlight unless you choose for it to be. People out there that write that down. <laughs> right? There's people out there that have dedicated their whole life to teaching people what they've learned and how to avoid the mistakes that they've made. You have to be willing to believe in yourself enough to invest, but hey, it's out there. It's available to all of us. Um, I signed up for coaching a year before I started my business. A year. I did business coaching a year before I started my business on the online world and what it was going to take to be successful because I didn't want to, why guess and test when that's so unnecessary? Like there's systems, there, there's people out there teaching these things. So I would say that um, it's not as big of a risk as maybe you think. The other thing I would say is with the changes in the economy and the changes that are happening in the world right now, entrepreneurship is not quite as risky as relying exclusively on a full-time job anymore. It used to be the opposite, but things have changed so much that, you know, it's probably not as risky as maybe you, you thought it was in the past because ultimately the world is shifting to entrepreneurship and each person is going to be their own entity at some point. The employee-employer model is going to shift. It's going to change. You know, a couple of years from now, I think we're all going to be shocked at this 40-hour-a-week model that we all used to live in and, and be combined by. So that's another thing. And then finally... Just from like a philosophy standpoint, you know, I think that if you were giving a dream in your heart, a something that you're being drawn towards, something that sticks in your crawl that like doesn't go away, it's there for a reason. Like it's there for a reason. Listen to your calling, answer your calling. If you're feeling a certain way and something's pulling you, like believe that that's happening for a reason. It's not just by chance. Listen to that calling because we were all put here with a purpose. So, I mean, that would be kind of the final cap that I would say on that. And I, I think that uh, you hit a bunch of things right on the head, but it's especially important. I think it's not a, not a lot of people talk about like, well, actually, it's not as risky as you think. And, you know, I, also getting the education necessary beforehand and prepping in that way is um, is crucial. I think a lot of people don't do that because they don't want to make an investment, basically. Um, 
Now, with that in mind, you have so many resources that folks can uh, go to to do this. I believe the podcast link, the last one I heard, I think is the most recent, is number 269, right? Maybe 270 is coming out. And so, uh, more material, it is crazy. I mean, I mean I've, I've done, I did 40, I think, in the first sort of, let's call it season of this show. And I thought that was a lot. And 270 is crazy. But uh, you have that, you have a book, you have webinars, you have coaching, all this stuff. So, I just wanted you to do some shameless self-plugging. Where can folks find everything uh, that you bring to the table. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, Unstoppable Success Radio is a podcast that's exclusively dedicated to helping entrepreneurs go further, faster, and accomplishing their goals. So if you're an entrepreneur or an aspiring one, that's the place to be. We go live with three episodes each and every week. And I mean, I bring it. I give my best stuff there. Um, I hold nothing back. And the whole focus of the show is to serve. So Unstoppable Success Radio is a great place. Um, Also, if you're looking for help getting clients, growing your business, learning some of the principles that we talked about today, go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash blueprint. I have an amazing, totally free four-part video training series to talk to you about building a platform, building an audience, how to get leads, how to start closing clients. So I talked about not putting the cart before the horse. This uh, training series is to teach you how to do that, how to build an audience and, and kind of do it the right way, build the house in the right order. Um, and my home on the web is kellyroachcoaching.com. So lots of stuff there. Lots of stuff. And I, I've navigated around it myself. And I think that uh, listeners, you should too. Go check out Unstoppable Success Radio as well as KellyRoachCoaching.com. Kelly Roach, the mastermind behind all of it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a lot of fun on today's show. KellyRoachCoaching.com is where you can find everything Kelly has to offer. And while you're at it, check out her podcast as this is a podcast after all. Unstoppable Success Radio, available everywhere podcasts are. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the program. It was great chatting with you. To hear more from this program and to keep up to date, head over to the Podcasts app or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. And if you have time while you're at it, leave me a rating as well. I'd really appreciate that. Somewhere in one to five stars. You can you can be honest with me. You can give you one star if you want. But if you're going to do that, leave me a written review as well. I'd like to know uh, how I can improve. Elsewhere, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Human, and my website, todareishuman.com, is the place where I aggregate all of my content and take your written or voice-recorded suggestions for new content, connections to new guests, and overall just feedback for me. All right, I'll be back again this time next week with another great story to be shared and another dare to be divulged. And until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for listening, and you will hear from me again right here next week. Peace. Like what you hear? Stay up to date with To Dare is Human by subscribing and following across social media. And until next time, keep daring.